All right, welcome everyone to another episode of the Cosmic Matrix. This time again with your hosts Bernard Günther and Laura Matsu. We're doing a little bit of a long distance transmission. I'm here in Topanga Canyon. Laura is currently on Vancouver Island. Uh, before we go into today's episode, which is a big one, I wanted to just make a little announcement about our upcoming Time of Transition Retreat in the Peruvian High Jungle, November 25th until December 1st. We just had uh, a Time of Transition Retreat in June, and it was amazing, very successful, with a great group of people. Uh, so we decided to do another one towards the end of the year. And uh, you can find more about it at my, on my website, veilofreality.com, or at Laura's website, lauramatsu.com. And at that retreat, we, you know, talk about, we do various different talks, workshops, and embodiment practices from the bigger picture perspective. But most importantly, the um, individual process, the inner work, uh, we will giving practices relating to yoga, kundalini, a lot of meditation practices, somatic work, psychological inner work, shadow work. And many, many other things to really, you know, heal what needs to be healed in order to anchor and align more with the divine. And it's an amazing opportunity to do this in the in the surroundings of the Amazon. Very powerful energies there. I've been there already six or seven times at that place, Shirapa Manta Eco Lodge. And uh, Laura and I are fusing our work together, and especially working with the group. It's very, very powerful in person. And this retreat is limited to only nine people. So if anybody's interested, I think we're already almost half wolf, halfway full. But again, go to our websites and you can find more about it and see how and also how to apply and whatnot. So now today's episode, this is a big one. And uh, it is a big one for a reason. It's called Trauma, Occult Forces and the Matrix. And the reason I say it is a big one is this is, I think, literally the fourth or fifth time we're trying to record this podcast over the past 10 days or so, we have been dealing with, you know, you can blame Mercury retrograde, but that was just beyond technical uh, difficulties. We've been dealing with interferences and all kinds of paranormal events just to you know, right around the time we started recording or during the recording. So we truthfully, hopefully feel that this will go without any interferences now. So trauma, cult forces, and the matrix. It also ties into a big topic, what we call the matrix trauma installment program. Because as many of you may already know, based on my work also, or also on Laura's work, into occult realities, the hyperdimensional matrix, is that these hyperdimensional forces and entities uh, basically target our wounds and traumas, right? To keep us in this frequency prison of suffering and feed off of all the emotional luge. Uh, based uh, related to the suffering and the projections and all of that and keep us in a perpetual state of fear and suffering and uh, the matrix frequency of survival and and just oppression and divide and conquer of fighting each uh, fighting us each other so you know we want to also talk in general about trauma and then how this relates to the occult perspective and um, how we can protect ourselves from these interferences and how this plays out in everyday life. Now, uh, before we go deeper into the occult, let's just talk about basically about trauma and uh, what trauma actually is and the different kinds of trauma. 
Yeah, so I can talk about that. <laughs> yes, please. Thank you. Um, so trauma is really about this loss of connection to ourselves, to our family, to the people around us. And any moment in time where we lost this connection to our true self, likely a trauma occurred. And a lot of people understand trauma as like war, like abuse, like a serious accident. But a lot of us are suffering from what they call like little T trauma, which can be basically like anything, you know, like it can be like starting a new job, it can be divorce, it can be conflict in the home, it can be any event where our needs weren't emotionally met as children because our parents weren't uh, able to basically be like happy, attuned caregivers and reflect back to us our essence. So in the moment of trauma, it's similar to what happens when our soul fragments. It's, pretty, oh, it's not even similar. It's the exact same thing where part of our soul like leaves the body in order to survive the traumatic event. Like the soul cannot take the pain of the experience, so it exits. And so in the process of healing trauma, what we're trying to do is similar to like a soul retrieval. We're trying to coax the spirit back into the body. Which brings me into an important element of healing trauma is having a safe community of like friends or family. And I'm not even talking about soul, soul fam. I'm not talking about biological family. I'm talking even about soul family because these are the people who help us remember ourselves. So, and also a one, uh, another important thing to note is that uh, trauma is not, is a psychological process. Yes, you know, it affects our, the way our mind thinks, but mostly I come from the school of thought that it's a biological process, meaning this trauma is trapped in our body as an unprocessed experience, and then it ends up showing itself later on in life through like chronic tension, through stomach issues, through any, I mean, on a worse uh, end of the spectrum, even cancer can be a result of trauma. So when we're traumatized, we really need to regain this connection to ourselves, our true self. And um, uh, what they talk about in a lot of trauma work is this idea of like being able to regulate our nervous system. Um, that's an aspect of healing trauma. And what happens when we're traumatized is we're not able to regulate our nervous system either. We get locked into fear or we disassociate. So we can't actually like ride the waves of life in a healthy way, like something small will get us in, locked in fear or disassociated. So healing trauma is also about learning how to regulate your nervous system as well. And we do that when we are able to make safe attachments with people where we know that they're not going to act out their own wounds on us and we're able to just be ourselves and also attune to them as well. So I think that kind of like sums it up, but essentially trauma also prevents us from being in the present moment and responding accurately to what's happened because whatever is happening externally is triggering some old trauma in our body. And so our reaction to the event is going to be a lot greater than maybe what should be like a typical reaction to that thing. And um, one more thing I want to mention, too, is a good way, uh, I, I've just read this randomly on Instagram, but a good way of telling if you're in a traumatic response, for the most part, is if your uh, reaction is over a five to something. And this is also keeping aside the big T trauma, you know, so if you're in a car accident, you have a crazy response, of course, that's normal, your life has been threatened. But I'm talking about, you know... <laughs> Someone writes something on Facebook that triggers us or something, you know, like, and we were like, I got to tell them what my opinion is. Often it's actually our trauma and our sense of ourselves that's being activated. And that person is reminding us of that. So basically this undischarged energy that wants to resolve itself, you know, like Peter Levine gets a, gives a good analogy of how animals in the wild, they don't get traumatized because they know how to shake it off. 
Um, but humans more than often will disassociate. And that undischarged energy is what gives rise to symptoms of trauma. So we need to basically complete that cycle by, you know, discharging the energy, getting rid of the anger, not on another person, but finding a way to discharge it through some sort of somatic therapy or body-mind practice. And then this helps release the aspect of trauma. So, and then just one more thing I want to note, a few, um, I just, just to bring clarity to. So these three symptoms of trauma I find are really useful is hyperarousal, disassociation, and constriction. So the hyperarousal is when your nervous system is really activated. Disassociation is when you've checked out. And constriction is when we tense up. And I don't know one person who doesn't have like chronic tension in some part of their body. And people who say they don't actually typically are checked out of their body. So... Yeah, pretty much everyone has been traumatized, to be honest. Well, that's, that also ties into the question because some people ask, is everybody truly traumatized? Some people actually claim that they're not traumatized because I think most people, you know, when even the word trauma, most people uh, think of the big T traumas, right? Of just severe um, sexual abuse, rape repeatedly, or physical abuse, or war, veteran, you know, experiences, concentration camps, all of that. So, you know, these are definitely big T traumas, but the small T traumas, like you said, can be anything, you know, even in a so-called happy childhood, because no parents were perfect and they can traumatize us uh, even in little ways. But it, it, it can, when we are infants and young children, you know, not being uh, our emotional needs not being met, right, or being punished for something or having gotten the belt like I did, that can be extremely traumatic mm -hmm. in the sense, even if it doesn't seem like this at first. Right. So that can, and I was understanding that the root word for trauma is, uh, relates to wounds. So it's also just basically being wounded. So we all have that to varying degrees. And you made a very important point. It's important to understand that the trauma is stored in the body. Like we, we talked about this before karma in the body. And, you know, I've, I am actually give a, a weekly talk at this uh, retreat center here in Malibu about the body mind connection in all of that and emotional intelligence and also from a bodywork perspective since I, this is part of my work bodywork massage and yeah like you mentioned chronic tension in the body means the body is always ho is actually holding on something the muscle always contracting mm. and this chronic tension most people make the assumption that it just relates to bad posture being on the computer all the time on the phone or uh, you know uh, driving a car yes and there's some truth to it if you always do the repetitive movements right and don't uh, work out or you know just move our bodies in a more conscious ways but most of it is actually literally attention is literally related to suppressed emotions wounds and traumas that have never been shaken off like you said have never been able to resolve itself to be fully felt through and experienced right yeah. so we carry you know even like when you think about it most of us carry tension in our necks back lower back hips, wherever, it's the back of the body. And it's, the back of the body is also somewhat associated with the past. So we carry the past with us. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we all have this tension. And then also on top of it, uh, we live in the world that is completely <laughs> removed from nature and spirit where pathology has become normalized. So mm -hmm. simply by growing up in the society we live in, we become wounded and traumatized. And uh, just because we are more and more being removed from essence, and that ties obviously into the matrix control system, how these forces want to keep us in this traumatized state, because that's where they tag into it. That's how we're being controlled, because it gets us out of body. We become dis disembodied, mm -hmm. right? And then something else can take over. And, you know, most often when we get triggered by 
whatever, whoever, especially in social media, like you said, it's most often actually a trauma wound is being triggered. Right? We experience this a lot on, on Facebook when we challenge, you know, obviously we have certain challenging views or information, not only related to official culture, history, but also to certain new age spiritual beliefs people are very identified with. Yeah. Hence, they get very, very easily triggered. I mean, this happened recently. I know you have your course coming up soon with Kelsey, which is really a great course. I can highly recommend it for any woman. Uh, the rebirth of the feminine, touching, birth, diving deep. Birth of the new feminine. The rebirth of the new feminine, excuse me. <laughs> uh, which goes deep into facing the toxic feminine as well. Right? Yeah. So, and that, do sorry. you want to talk about it? Yeah, please go ahead. Yeah, and that just also, you know, this course without giving too much away, what we're going into is, you know, obviously our own personal wounds and our family of origin, how we've been traumatized in this life, how this led to toxic relationships, but also looking at like this thousand thousands of year trauma that we're faced by being genetically manipulated basically by aliens a really long time ago and what that meant for us you know and the kind of sacrifices that needed to take place as well in in regards to that so you know this is why you know basically no one's been not traumatized because to me you know we were traumatized a really long 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 time ago that's kind of yeah that's a very important point because what we talk a lot about the importance of somatic work, psychotherapy. And I know you're also taking Gabor Marti's course and he's also doing incredible work and Peter Levine. And the somatic psychotherapy is very important, but it most often stops in childhood, right? Yeah. And it's important to uh, understand it and heal it, but that's also limited because a lot of trauma relates to karma as well that we're dealing with is based on thousands of years ago past lives even our origin the original genetic modification you know uh, cutting down our dna and also more fringe topics of of the alien invasion and, and all of that you know which may be a bit out there for some people but if you really look at from the more bigger perspective with a very open mind you also see that you know history the official history is not uh, the truth by any stretch of the imagination but it ties into many many aspects so Right now, what's also coming up during this time of transition is a lot of ancestral, also ancestral, but also past life trauma, all the stuff we have accumulated over thousands and thousands of years needs to come up to be healed and transmuted. And the whole point of healing and transmuting and working through trauma and wounding is to anchor the divine force, to align with divine will, our true essence, bring the essence to the front. Mm -hmm. And that's really also the, the, that process of embodiment is also the process of awakening or even ascension, so to speak. Yeah, and Peter Levine makes a really good point that, you know, trauma is basically hell on earth, but trauma resolved is a gift from the gods. And if we can actually work through and face our traumas, not just our personal, but our collective ones, then we basically get completely reborn in this lifetime. And not only that, if we can, like, the bigger topic is really facing this collective trauma that has happened to humanity, which a lot of people don't want to go there. They want to dismiss it. You know, which is fine. Um, it's mostly, honestly, the people who are subscribed to the New Age, which is a, its own agenda on its own. You know, a lot of people who get into these New Age teachings are obviously deeply wounded, and then it just gives them a little bit of an opiate so they can feel better, you know. So they're not so much interested in really deeply exploring the shadow. They might talk about shadow work, but I mean, real shadow work is like messy, uncomfortable, and will trigger your traumas guaranteed. Like that's why it's your shadow. So, 
you know, these are, these are the kind of places we need to go to. But then when we actually go through our traumas and actually work through them, like, I, I feel like there's almost a feeling of like, you know, invincibility, because you know that you can go through all of these hardships in life and actually turn it into a power and more understanding of like the the duality of life that we're playing with, which includes like the light and the dark and being able to hold those kind of polar uh, views within your view of reality and not just taking a new age biblical bypass by being like, oh, it's all love or whatever, you know, when there's Jeffrey Epstein in the news all the time, you know, and this child pedophilia, sex yeah. trafficking rings. And yeah, and, and this is the view that some people like to take. And I, and I think it's also because there's just fear there, you know, because they actually haven't gone deeper because I would say like, you know, there's a huge, like, spiritual awakening happening yes but i find that like a lot of people actually aren't truly sincere in going into trauma um they might be interested in it as a topic but really going into it like this is really difficult stuff yeah, like, yeah exactly and stuff by the way that you can't do on your own as well you need the support of a community and so yeah it's uh you know it's it's for me i actually find a lot of like peace and solace in it because it gives me a context and narrative for stuff that happened to me. For instance, um, I never really understood what like implicit memory is before I started uh, like getting into understanding trauma and implicit memory is basically the way that our nervous system was wired in those first three years of birth it was based off of our mom's nervous system. Like our mom was the one regulating us. So if our mom wasn't relaxed and happy and able to navigate her own emotions in a mature way, like our nervous system was going to be wired for fear. And this is like the kind of uh, almost primal fear response, which comes up in a lot of people and they don't even know where it's coming from, you know, and then also leading into this, this topic that we're trying to get into you know, whenever we're locked in fear, that's when, and especially whenever we check out of our body, that's a perfect entry point for something else to take over us, which leads to an even deeper topic. It's like what traps of agreement we may have made in a past life for a being to enter us as well. So it's yeah. like a huge spiral and you can't really disconnect trauma from occult forces because I really feel the original trauma that happened to humanity was because of this uh, genetic manipulation. And that's what we're basically like, if we really want to take spirituality beyond this like mainstream Buddhism, like love and light, you know, whatever, wherever it's at now, crystals, yoga, whatnot, we really have to address this <laughs> issue and look at it, you know, objectively, a lot of people, a lot of people, um, you know, because this is where it's led me, honestly, because I looked at my own stuff, but then it's like, not, you know, there's a dark, ancient energy which exists on Earth, you know, like humanity is checked out, humanity is collectively traumatized, and I feel like this has been going on for so long that our, you know, our, our DNA is literally getting so disconnected from nature and spirit, we're going to be the perfect portals for like, basically like AI to enter us because yeah. we're not present anyway. Of course, we're going to just be like, you know, we're already doing that by relying so much on technology and our phones. Yeah. Which is also the end game, the transhumanism AI agenda to get us more and more out of body and all of that. But you, what you just said reminds me of something that's very interesting because, you know, I'm also, by the way, the, the book by Peter Levine, you were quoting from or mentioning, I think that's in, in, in an unspoken voice. Is it that one? Yeah, there's that one, and there's Waking the Tiger, and then there's Healing Trauma. Um, yeah, just I think for the Healing listeners. Trauma actually 
was like his latest one. And, um, and he, yeah. So I just going to say something really quick about him. Yeah. He's actually great because he's one of the, I think maybe even the first person who brought in the somatic perspective, whereas according to, uh, psychology before then they were like trauma is incurable because the brain got locked in fear and they didn't know how to unlock it because they were just taking it from this mind cognitive approach which obviously you you know it's similar to the whole new age thing it's like you know if you think happy thoughts everything will be fine mm-hmm. that's not the case because all of your memories are stored in the body and as long as you haven't handled that it hasn't been handled so yeah you can even fool yourself what you mentioned with people not being very sincere because i've fallen in this trap myself you can actually uh, know your issues and your traumas intellectually like oh i know i've been abused and kind of like fool yourself that you have uh, worked through it because you understand it but your body hasn't processed yet yeah and it's important to dive deep to feel these emotions are locked in not to identify with the emotions not to project it but transmute them by feeling them which can mm-hmm. be very messy sometimes right yeah and you have to also have the ability to be embodied enough to recognize like what's going on with your nervous system like what's your pulse like what's what how's the energy feeling in your body uh, like I didn't think that I had that capacity until I had a consistent yoga and meditation practice, which I'm not saying everyone needs to do yoga. Although, by the way, Besser, Van Der Kolk, and Peter Levine also highly recommend yoga as a way of healing trauma because of how much it kind of flushes out the emotions. And it also gains that mind-body connection. But a lot of people are so disconnected and disassociated, they don't even know when they're in that, that aroused state. You see, know? That's, that's the problem I see with most people. They're so you know disembodied, disconnected from their bodies that you know, there needs to be baby steps to actually go back into the body first to feel even your body on the basic, yeah. basic physical level before even diving into trauma and then tapping into the body intelligence because we have this amazing body intelligence that uh, is always striving towards health and healing and supporting us if we're given the right space. Yeah. So the first key is, like you said, um, relaxing the, the nervous system because most people are checked out in a way disembodied dissociated or in fight and flight and stress response all the time just by mm-hmm. the way we live right mm-hmm. it's, it's become normal and it's normal to be busy and go 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 and people cannot sit still anymore so that's when these basic body mind practices come into place or meditation to just slow things down and get into the body first just on the basic physical level yeah right. exactly exactly and like we you know in trauma therapy they talk about like regulating your nervous system and I think that that's a very rare trait of someone who knows how to do that. You know, obviously, once you start practicing yoga, hopefully you start picking up that skill and recognizing, okay, you know, even before this call, like I had a little bit of a anxiety attack out of nowhere. And I was like, I just need to lie down. I felt where it came from, which usually comes from my back of my shoulders and neck and just calm that down before I get into this. You know, I have to recognize that. And it's also, you know, I don't try and like get my mind too involved with it, you know, even though, you know, the mind loves a narrative for why this is happening, you know, but I try and just get away with that and just focus on the basic sensation and give it presence and give it breath as well. So, you know, so what what I want to mention before, because it reminded me of something like, you know, with the work of Peter Levine, who does an amazing work, also Gabba Mate, you know, he has done amazing videos out there on, on, on lectures on YouTube. And I know you're taking his course, Compassion Inquiry, which is very, very helpful, insightful. And all these amazing, you know, actually there's something great happening in the Western psychotherapeutic world, somatic world to address trauma through the body. Yeah. Right? And somewhat even Gabba Mate, like, dabbles a bit in spirituality. I know he had had talk with Adi Ashanti, you know, 
questioning him or he's big into H.M. Almas. What's his name? H. Almas, yeah. Yeah, the, the diamond approach. Mm-hmm. Very, high, very great series. But, you know, I see this schism or like not schism division, but like, you know, these two different approaches. And like you said, everything is just so interrelated and connected. You know, every, we need to bring everything up, our past history, you know, all where we, what, who we, where we truly came from and all of that, the collective trauma, even mm-hmm. the genetic modification, all of these ties also into the occult hyperdimensional realities and all of this entity possession, you know, and interferences. But it's mostly, I see two camps. Some people are like, evenly just completely focused on psychotherapy, uh, therapy, somatic work, like Peter Levine, Gabamatic, great. But then it gets them also locked in their own tunnel vision. And you also realize, you know, a lot of the trauma people are dealing with is actually not um, the activation point might be in this lifetime, but the creation point is from a past life. Mm-hmm. And most often it's also related to entity attachment, earthbound attachments, you know, which Dr. William Baldwin has talked about a lot. Or even recently, I, we talked also about this, he was a psychotherapist in prison, Jerry Marcinski, researching schizophrenia, and it's com- very much completely related to entities, attachments, and giving thought injections, right? And it's yeah. it's not a chemical imbalance or anything like that. It can be cured with ph- pharmaceuticals, right? And then on the other side of the coin, you have a lot of people, I've noticed in the matrix fringe movement who just get completely hooked on the entity hyperdimensional topic, most often falling into blame victim trap and get hooked just on this intellectual information, mm-hmm. but uh, kind of dismiss or ignore or don't know about basic psychotherapeutic work, embodiment work, shadow work, and all of that healing childhood trauma getting into the body, you yeah. know? So it, like ideally it would be great if both could merge together like this. I feel we need this holistic approach on all of that. And then even, the third step, so to speak, is then also bringing in the divine, right? The yeah. higher force, the connect, you know, alignment with the divine, the aspiration, the surrender, which has nothing to do with any religious dogmatic God out there, but our divine essence, right? Yeah. So it's, it's also because many people, I can see this myself or maybe you as well, sometimes we can also get sometimes lost in the shadow work and digging, digging, like Sri Aurobindo talked about it, you know. I mean, it was back in the 20s, it was very critical of, of, of Western psychology, mostly to, um mentioning Freud, which Freud has, that, that's a can of worms in itself. But Shirobindo talked about always digging in the mud, digging in the mud and not bringing in the light at the same time. So it's, it's what we talked about before the ascend and descend at the same time and bringing in all and everything, this whole more holistic view of humanity, reality, and some of the information of what the, the knowledge may be shocking to many people. Yeah. Right? But it needs to work all together to come to a true healing and you know, essentially reconnecting to our true self. Yeah. And you made a good point, you know, this past life trauma, death trauma that often shows up in phobias, basically like lots of people who have phobias of heights had a trauma where they died, you know, falling off something and if spider is another good example, you know, a lot of that is pretty well known in like occult literature is that indication of some deeper past life trauma as well. But I think it's also, you know, that's, you know, you can make a good point. Like people tend to go wanting to get in the past lives right away and like blaming on something else. And like all of us, like our accumulation of every single lifetime is happening in this life. So we could basically handle in this life. But if we 
I think for people who really want to go deeper and under, and I know for myself, like just either through coming across people who did past life readings or even my own memories, like this is also what starts to come up deeper in the awakening process. You actually, I feel a lot of people you'll start to, you know, either emotionally remember or you'll start getting fragments of stuff that happened beyond this lifetime. And you'll know because that energy will feel very ancient. Yeah. And you'll know that it's beyond this life. Like it, there's, it's hard to describe what ancient feels like. But anyone who's listening knows what I'm talking about. Where you're like, whoa, this is a deeper, darker energy than just something that happened with my mom and dad or something. Exactly. I, I can relate. To, I even wrote about an experience in my recent last essay, "Universal Laws and Karma in the Body," but an experience I had. You were with me when we were, you know, uh, on, at the Eco Village, and something. Something really triggered me on Facebook. Some guys of who I thought was my friend, and this the sense of betrayal just came up, right? And it was just over exaggerated, and like it was so exaggerated, it was also felt in, there were interferences, you know, call forces tagging into that, because that, yeah. that's what they do. They f uh, put almost fuel onto the fire to, you know, to find an entry point to make it worse than it actually is, quote unquote. Yeah. Right, and you know, to feed off of that emotional reaction illusion, or like Sri Aurobindo said, to make a mountain out of a molehill. But at the same time, when I was processing it with um, uh, uh, Reggie Ray's uh, technique of the somatic descent, you know, Reggie Ray is another uh, amazing, he's a Tibet, Tibetan Buddhist teacher, but also includes somatic work. I think he has studied Peter Levine's work. Yeah, and he yeah, does yeah. some amazing deep somatic meditations, which I, I almost feel are not for beginners. They're a bit more advanced. But I did this whole half. Well, the somatic descent is actually meant to be more of an advanced program because it builds off of all his other stuff. Yeah. But his yeah. meditations, like, yeah, the, yeah. They, it's for people who are very wanting to seriously meditate, not just wanting to imagine like yeah. visualization or something. So, you know, when I did his work, uh, the, 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 went through this process, you know, then all this stuff came up all of a sudden. And like you said, it felt all of a sudden very ancient. And I was mm -hmm. weeping and crying. And it was, I realized that it had nothing to do with just a childhood issue or being bullied in school, as I used to be as well. There was something deep past life related that was processed in the moment. Yeah. But like you said as, as well, I didn't, I didn't know the story. I didn't know, need, need to know the story of a past life, right? Because everything is already here in the moment. You know, when we, as long as we can access somatically, emotionally, we can process it all without having to know that story. Yeah. On the other end of the equation, you can actually also delude yourself with like figuring out your past lives and the ego gets hooked on it and making up a story or distorting it yeah. from what actually happened, right? Yeah. So, I mean, Sri Aurobindo talked about it in, in Karma and Rebirth in his book that it's actually extremely hard if not almost impossible to truly remember past lives right it's it's more like the, the soul records certain experiences which also have its place based on universal law like karma uh, cause and effect so it's also about taking self-responsibility because things are always coming back around to one degree or another Right. And it also gets tricky too because, you know, we do create false memories and this is not, well, Gabramate makes a point that he's like, he doesn't really necessarily believe that there's like a false memory, rather that that's how our brain created a narrative out of the feeling of what happened. Does that make sense? So if you had an experience, you know, where you were crying or, you know, uh, crying in, as a child, um, 
you know, you might process that as like, you might actually have a false memory of that being related to abuse when it could be just your mom didn't come in time to, to hold you, you know, because that's how your brain processed it. So we can create these memories and narratives because the mind like loves narratives to understand, you know, um, but that may not be what actually happened as well. So yeah. that's kind of leads into that. But then, um, yeah, this also... Yeah, can, what, what, can I just say something to that real quick? Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. Yeah, because that's interesting with this, you know, I, I can totally see this from the Gabamatis perspective, but then going more into the occult in the fringe and the alien agenda and abduction phenomena, but it's this whole, you know, that's a whole rabbit hole in itself. And I've, I've uh, you know, presented that in depth in the documentary UFOs, Aliens, and the Question of ton- Contact, going deep into the abduction phenomenon, that mm-hmm. there are such a thing as, as screen memories. Right, yeah. where these aliens implant a different memory that completely contradicts what actually happened. Mostly very pleasant, you know, having enlightening experiences, seeing these aliens as friends. But yeah. you know, then you know, people who are hyp- hypno- hypn- uh, hypnotists who are very aware of the alien agenda, like Dr. Carla Turner talked about this as well, piercing through the screen memory and then actually uncovering what truly happened, which is most often very disturbing. And I feel that's what. Just on the side, not a lot of the new age people get caught into, like people who claim they have amazing, beautiful uh, experiences, contactees with blue avians, aliens, grace, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but who knows what truly happened on an unconscious level beyond the screen memory of what they think they experienced. Yeah, and also they don't seem to understand how aliens manipulate us via our emotions. Yeah. Like that's that's actually... Um, uh, what do you call it? A weakness to the to them. How emotionally influenced we are. Exactly. So they will present us things that they know will make us feel good. I've even had experience where I actually felt I was like on ecstasy. You know, um, I've also had positive experiences of like bliss from hours of meditation. So you know, it's it's really it's really slippery to get into as well. Yeah. But yeah, so let's talk about more a little bit about this how this you mentioned Reggie Ray trauma creating this fake personality. I think that's a really important aspect to get into. Yeah. I like there was this quote, something you said, because remember we talked about the beginning that everybody's traumatized to varying degrees. Right. Yeah. And he is a very, uh, said something very interesting because he literally says that the human ego is a trauma response itself. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, do you have the quote there? I have the quote. Yeah. Please. Thank you. Okay, so I post this on Facebook, by the way, if anyone wants the actual quote. Um, What we call catastrophic trauma is really an extreme case of a pattern and a dynamic that all of us as human beings share. And the human ego itself is a trauma response in a sense that it represents a separation from experience, an attempt to construct a disassociated state in which we live with a relative amount of security and harmony. That's what we are trying to do with the human ego. So when we're working with the human ego, we are really working with trauma, which is, yeah, that makes complete sense. Cause it's like, because yeah. if we don't have our essence um, mirrored back to us by like happy, attuned, present caregivers, which I think Gavramante said something similar to that. He's like, you know, who's had parents like that and no one had, like, it's actually really sad, but it's actually a fundamental need we have as children to have our essence mirrored back to us so that essence can develop. But instead we often get shamed and punished. So we end up creating this false personality in order to get along in the world, in order to get our needs met. And then this is what needs to be abandoned later on, you know, is we've created our whole world around this identity, which is based off of 
not having to feel the pain of the original trauma that we experienced. Yeah, yeah. So how this, you know, maybe we can dive a little bit into how this ties into the matrix and the matrix installment program, how this is being used for us to keep us in this frequency prison, right? Yeah. To keep us wounded, traumatized and keep basically re-traumatizing us. That's mm. really what's happening since uh, pathology literally has, ha has become normalized on so many levels in the, in this world we're living in. Right. Yeah. So, um, and it also, it taps into what you just said, this, this trauma creates this fake personality that people identify with. Mm -hmm. Right. And then it goes on to deeper levels. I know you and Kelsey talked about in the last post, post uh, podcast about MK ultra, right? That's literally MK ultra program is a matrix trauma installment program. Uh, you know, we all, people who are, I'm sure most people by now have heard of MK ultra. This is not a conspiracy theory. This is a fact. Mm -hmm. right? And that's still happening on, you know, very deep shadow government levels. And the results uh, relates to uh, from an, you can even see it from an occult perspective. What's happening in 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 installing trauma, especially in young children, especially through uh, the use of sexual energy, sexual trauma, sexual abuse, rape, is to create this disassociated state in order to install an entity, a force, a demonic entity, which ties into the human that what you talked about before, the trap of agreement. Yeah, uh, that's the universal law. You make an agreement you know, with another entity. And, and many times we may have done in our past lives, these kind of trap of agreements to get more power, which then hooks you up in the contract with an even demonic, demonic draconian entity and anything in between, yeah. which, you know, so it's also about taking the self-responsibility. I learned a lot about this from maybe some people heard about the holographic kinetics. It's an ancient Aboriginal healing modality, which I recently studied. You can check that out on my website or just Google it as well. Um, but, you know, this trauma just, again, is like the entry point through the, which these forces, you know, tag into us. Mm -hmm. And I've also noticed that they, you know, I don't like to use the word attack, but target, you know, target. It's not in the sense of get paranoia or victim blame, but these forces are very much aware. They, you know, know us even better than we know ourselves. And they, they exist out of the realm of time and space so they can see our soul trajectory. So they're specifically drawn to people that are highly sensitive, psychic, or have a certain soul mission, certain talents to help through the shift right now to, you know, especially healers or renegades, or anybody who speaks out to kind of like vector them off the path. Yeah. Right? And I feel something, you know, even your childhood uh, early adolescent, that has almost happened to you in a sense, right? How you got weird off the path with, you know, especially the, you were definitely like, even from unseen levels, somehow targeted by these high-level uh, music industry musicians and whatnot, and almost try to like hook you into something you're not. You, yeah, I can talk about a bit yeah. about that. That kind of leads also leads into this like deeper kind of soul pattern at play and how it shows up in mm -hmm. a single lifetime and how it reflects the larger karmic lesson. So I definitely talked about this on my podcast, but you know, I was basically. <laughs> I don't know the word for it. I guess it's more like sexual coercion where I was like um, peer pressured to engage with someone sexually in order to receive gifts or benefits for my friends, you know? So I was gotten really, they made me get really drunk and um, I'm not victimizing myself. It's just a setup. I was very young and naive back then. Um, and I had to have sex with him. And interestingly, he had a huge painting of a demon over his bed. And then when I went to go see the psychic, Nicole, she basically told me that that was um, 
a what was the word she she said that that was basically a reenactment of something happened in previous lifetimes so she uh she basically told the story of how you know when women wanted to become priestesses they were basically often sacrificed through a sex sex magic ritual to these gods these demigods rather um, in order to receive powers and in doing so they would also be able to be channelers for those um, So for the for those demigods basically so it's like you were giving your power away in order to receive the power of that god And this is a trigger topic for many women because they've you know We've got into this whole like priestess kind of thing where women are kind of getting off on the same power that happened thousands of years ago without even questioning it. And for myself, you know, th this is a larger pattern at play and it's kind of unfolded where that was basically the original uh, entry point, not entry point, that was the original trap of agreement. Mm -hmm. But then through the trauma that happened in this lifetime, that whenever that got activated, I would get disembodied and then something else would take over. And it was an extremely dark, pathological psychopathic energy like that's how bad it was because it was also you know that was the entry point like not looking at that trauma and like looking at the effects on my life and obviously that trauma goes way beyond that single incident but that was a very that was a turning point you know and at that point um right after that happened i got taken to a psychiatric hospital where they were actually well doing Yeah, what is the name again? Because that's pretty well known. Island Memorial Institute, where they are yeah. actually doing those MK Ultra experiments, and they just yeah. gave me an insane prescription uh, that was even my friends who like abuse prescription drugs for fun were like, I can't believe they're giving you this much clonazepam, which is what they were giving me, like a huge bottle, and not even one, not even like no empathy or no concern for my story because I was basically telling them I was like, I'm terrified all the time. I'm so scared of men and I had this extreme fear of like being objectified and raped basically because of what this, what, what happened, you know, and just wrote me out a really long prescription. And then, you know, just showing how it affected it in my own life and how my trauma got activated. So obviously this is a very fam famous musician. Whenever I heard like a song or I saw a t-shirt or something, it would almost like trigger this like mind control program in me where I would automatically disassociate and become that traumatized self you know so that's how it affects people and i think it affects people in lots of covert ways as well and i think we all have these like trauma entry points and then these little things that trigger us and then what happens is there's a splitting and we have this split egoic personality as a trauma response as reggie ray says where we basically become this alternate personality that we've ident start identifying as ourself and i know For myself, I started identifying with a personality and was like, oh, I'm like hypersexualized, I'm evil, and like all these things. I actually started identifying with it. And it took a long road for me to unpack that. But mostly I actually had to release it from my body somatically. And that was like the longest journey, you know? Like yeah. there was even sexually, like there was sexual trauma trapped in me for a really long time that I had to work with. And it and I think um until we work with that kind of stuff, you know, and work through our bodies, it's really hard to trust ourselves as well. And I think that's one element that starts getting back is like you, because your intuition, you don't know the difference between a safe situation or a not safe situation. Like that ability to have that gut feeling and intuition about things is, is shut off. So 
Yeah. yeah. So like, you know, I'm also, you know, when you're sharing the story and like looking at it from also more hyperdimensional cult perspective, you almost see also this unseen force weaving. There's a higher agenda behind it or something else that has been targeting as you as well. And through the trauma, you even shared with me at some point, you know, when where we checked out and this false personality is almost something else is being installed in you or working through you. Yeah. Right, for certain amounts. And that's what we notice. Like when we sometimes get easily, you know, it can happen in everyday life, literally. When you check out out of body, something has if you get triggered on the scale over five. In that moment, you know, you may think, oh, your shadow's coming up, but this moment also another entity, you know, um occult force, adverse force is taking you over, using you to tag into that trauma. And that's the point key to tag in the trauma and keep you in the trauma and then exaggerating it and keeping you re-traumatizing over and over because for the simple reason that's the food they feed off of the luge of that kind of reaction or this lower you know um f, you know special or uh, sexual energy pathologies and all of that which we then enact in, like in order to almost make ourselves feel better yeah and, and in, yeah and in a from really basic perspective you know we get trapped in time when you see women uh, who get into abusive relationship after abusive relationship and they don't know how to get out of it. It's like they're just always attracted to these emotionally unavailable abusive people, narcissists and whatnot. It's because that trauma is literally looping, you know, and what they're doing is they're looking for a resolution for it. Like the, I feel there's a, you know, at least an aspect of the human being, which is always striving for health and wholeness, but they're looking for it externally. So they're hoping the next narcissist or abusive person they get involved with will somehow, you know, suddenly heal and change right in front of their eyes. And that will like make them feel some sort of redemption, but that actually cannot, yes, it can happen in the context of safe relationships, but we need to not externalize that trauma and actually look within. And this is not to say we need to do the journey alone because I really want to bring up an important point is like, for myself, I've realized, you know, one of the gifts that we can offer if anyone listening is a counselor or a healer and they have people who are working with them with trauma is being able to be that safe, attuned person to listen to someone because that's the thing that most people were missing is they didn't actually have someone who was like present, paying attention to them, mirroring back to them. You know, that's one thing they were missing. So just being able to offer that to people, as simple as it sounds, helps them regulate their nervous system. And like, you know what, I'm always going to have this person, not always, but, you know, for however long you work with someone, I'm going to have this person who's going to listen to me, receive me. If they're really attuned, also reflect back my essence. And that's an important aspect of, of healing this trauma as well. And that also helps us, you know, we need to get out of this like victim, blame, savior trap as well. At the same time, you know, like taking self-responsibility doesn't mean doing everything on your own. As I think I took that alternate view. I was like, I'm just going to heal myself. I'm not even going to yoga studio and by the way it also it also doesn't mean to blame yourself right yeah 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 exactly but like you know it's it's about being honest with where we're at and like seeing what kind of resources we need you know what kind of support system we need because that support system around us like not only are we um you know, we're creating a safe environment so that a healing can happen, but it's also an important aspect of us collectively healing trauma is that we don't, we stop, we stop creating, we start creating these places where there isn't, where pathology isn't normalized, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that reminds me, I want to read a quote about, uh, uh, of a quote by Dr. William Baldwin, whom I've quoted many times before. He is actually a founder of the uh, therapy called Spirit Releasement. Uh, therapy 
of dealing how to uh, most with earthbound spirits, you know, diseased people have crossed over but have made the transition and then latch on on other uh, human beings and then work through them. But he also got deep into entity attachments, interferences, and he wrote a book called Close Encounters of the Possession Kind, a different kind of view of interference by otherworldly beings. So in a read, in, he talks also what you mentioned, we mentioned at the beginning, soul fragmentation, which is actually very the ancient uh, definition of trauma, right? so to speak, from a more shamanic view. Mm -hmm. So he talks, he says, recovery of soul fragmentation is a clinical approach to soul retrieval, a traditional shamanic method of healing. In an, indigen in an indigenous culture, sickness was thought to be caused by a loss of one's soul or part of it, like loss of our essence, mm -hmm. or the soul is not fully anchored in the body, not lack of embodiment. In clinical practice, we find that the condition of dissociation or fragmentation of consciousness is very common with people. Depending on the severity of the trauma, which leads to dissociation, the result can range just from mood changes to the often debilitating condition of multiple personality disorder. Yeah. Right. So multiple disorders is also like, yeah, you create these alters, but this can also re relate to installment of entities because he goes on. Um, fragmentation presents a wide open door for any passing entity. If there are literally pieces missing from the soul essence of an individual, an entity can easily enter and attach. In a session, we often discover that this is the vulnerability which is first allowed, which first allowed the attachment. Also, relates to any unconscious wounds or blind spots, you know, resulting in disembodiment and the body-mind split and so forth. Um, he goes on, William James wrote and lectured on multiple personality and spiritual possession. And he suggested that, quote, if there are devils, if there are supernormal powers, it is through the cracked and fragmented self that they enter. Mm -hmm. and, and then he concludes, almost everyone is dealing with some degree of fragmentation. Who among us has not suffered at least some minor trauma in life? Fragmentation yeah. as a source of illness is an important concept of native healing traditions. It may prove to be an important threat in rich tapestry of all holistic healing. So, yeah. you know, so here we go. So he gives also like ties into how trauma, soul fragmentation ties into entity attachments or called force interferences, which everyone is dealing to varying degrees. Most people don't even know how they interfered with because they, you know, believe their own thoughts, never question their emotions, their desires, because these forces, some, it's the interference or the, the influence is oftentimes not that obvious. It can be since childhood, but it's influencing our desires, sexual desires for relationships, or, you know, as I said, can be thought injections, th thoughts we never question. We take everything as our own, but maybe related to an entity that's attached ourselves corresponding to a certain wound and trauma. Yeah. Now, the key is always... Um, you know, people always talk about, especially in my work, I get, I mentioned it before, so many messages about, can I remove entities, you know, <laughs> clear them from entities, do a remote entity clearing work and all of that. And there are many people who claim to do this, right? And some are better than others. And there's definitely a lot of charlatans out there, but removing just an entity is just not enough. That's mm -hmm. just, you know, you just, it's like symptom management because you're not dealing with the cause, the root. Which is yeah, the entry it's point. Like, it's like if you were to go to somebody who does Reiki and then go back to your like abusive husband, then obviously the Reiki's exactly. gonna wear off. <laughs> That's a good analogy. Yeah. You know, and I've learned a lot of that also for, again from the Modelli holographic kinetics, which also deals with these contracts, these traps of agreements. Most often we have made agreements with entities in past lives which are still active. Yeah. But we need, you know, even from the Aboriginal ancient 
point of view, it's about taking self-responsibility that at some point we created it based on a universal law of cause and effect, mm-hmm. right? And trap of agreements can do not necessarily happen consciously, but unconsciously. A lot of people get themselves into agreements of all kinds of occult hostile forces in the new age by engaging all kinds of uh, superficial, distorted, pagan, Wiccan, priestess rituals, uh, ceremonies, calling in entities, beings, ascended masters, Yeah. Uh, which then, you know, have an understanding that these entities appear also can appear adjust to the belief system of a person. Right mm-hmm. and cannot most. I mean, Shirobinda talked about the false, like that these forces can appear as divine forces. You have to be very, very discerning, not only on the mind level but on a psychic level, and understand occult laws and how these forces operate. Right? Yeah, and those and those agreements we make can also come back around beyond this lifetime. So maybe in this lifetime, so doing some new age manifestation ritual with like some archangel or something, you could get a huge benefit from it. You get like everything you want. You'd be like, this is amazing. And the cost may not even show it up until multiple lifetimes later and it will come back yeah. around. So that's the mm-hmm. tricky thing is like, getting involved in these traps of agreements can actually veer you off for many lifetimes and yeah. and get you more diluted, essentially. Yeah. Now, that's a good point because, you know, eventually everybody's going to awaken in their own time at some point, but you can take some major detours, right? Yeah. Get yourself in a trap of agreements that require a few hundred more lifetimes to work out or who knows what. It's, 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 it's also a process beyond the mind to comprehend and, 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 and understand. Uh, but many things that even happen in our lifetimes, it's also still working out karma from past lives. So a lot of it is already set in stone, right? It's like, uh-huh. again, the, we talked about this on the forum, um, the, almost the paradox uh, between free will and predestination, right? Yeah. And all that. And also, yeah, that kind of also leads me into my own soul pattern is uh, the psychic who told me, you know, even though she didn't tell me, I, I always had a feeling there was some deeper trauma that took place and I and I even in my meditations I started sensing basically demonic beings in my field so this is before I even had any context for them I was doing my like love and light meditations or whatever I was doing and I was like whoa there was like an energy very dark energy near me but you know through these patterns and these like ancient traps of agreements that many of us have made a lot of us then started dabbling into the occult and then like a lot of our creations are coming back around in the way that it showed up in my life is like random quote unquote bad luck, which I still have PTSD around because I would have like, you know, really bad luck. Like all of a sudden, like, you know, like uh, what would happen? Like uh, just bad luck, like just sudden accidents, sudden bad luck in my life, you know? And this Mm. was looking at it from this occult perspective, that was also because I, you know, made this trap of agreement, I kind of got off on the magic and power of getting into those situations in this priestess, priestesshood. Then I started dabbling in magic. And even when in this lifetime, I started getting into that when I got into my new age stuff, but it very easy, like very quickly, I was able to like cause even physical changes in my atmosphere, like things would enter and it would actually scare me because I really, I, I felt a part of my soul was wise enough to know what I was getting into. Whereas I feel like a lot of people just mess around with it because they get off on the power. They're like, wow, like I can metaphysically affect this physical reality. I can bring stuff in, not really re- realizing that there's always going to be a price to be paid that yeah. may not be apparent at first. Not only that, but their creation is often going to come back around. 
Yeah, that's the power, you know, power, the temptation for power always there in various forms, the matrix temptations, which also can, the you know, the big three areas, sex, money, and uh, fame or power, mm -hmm. right? So all of that, you know, we see this, you know, can can in, uh, create entry points and traps of agreements, right? And especially like, you know, I see this is, you know, what you mentioned also, I think you guys are going to touch it on your, in your course as well with women because the women has been so have been so suppressed and wounded and traumatized so there's a lot of you know unconscious rage and anger and the need to be more powerful and then mm -hmm. you know can then easily if they don't have more embodied practice trauma practice to really heal the wounds right mm -hmm. latch on these uh, identifications and power trips to make them to make themselves feel better right then get they are very identified with this priestess stuff or Who, who knows about it. And then when you question it, as you experience on Facebook, you get quite the projections and triggered responses. And a lot uh, of, but, it's, but it is coming from, you know, there's the compassion, uh, you know, point comes into as well, because it does come from a wounded place. Yeah. And the, you know, and a lot of what we call women's empowerment slash feminism is actually a trauma response. And it's, yes. a, and it's wanting to seek revenge for these wounds that we've experienced. I'm not saying that we shouldn't take action and speak out against people who are predators and abusing people because it's also through our silence that we've been complicit, but it's when we are projecting that rage into it. And it's not that it's not going to maybe even give us the result that we want. It's that that creation has also come to, to come back around. So to look at the energy behind what we're doing as well. Yeah. So we're ending the, we're getting near the end of the first hour. Um, so what are, you know, we definitely want to talk more about in the second hour. Um, I'd like to get more into uh, also what we touched upon MK ultra and sexual ritualistic abuse, which ties into SAR, uh, the matrix trauma installment program. Uh, talk a little bit about today's outrage porn and social justice warriors, which also feeds the trauma in, in these forces. Mm -hmm. It most often comes from a place of trauma and works in favor of these forces. It ties into the, the Matrix agenda of divide and conquer. Yeah, a good example of that is when they're like, you know, remember the thing phrase trigger warning? Which, yeah. which people put it, that's like, um, don't go here or else you're going to get your trauma activated. Exactly, yeah. Um, you know, Look at more, you know, I also want to talk into what we also touched upon. Let's go deep into some of the topics we already uh, discussed a little bit, you know, targeted individuals who have a certain mission profile, you know, which ties into the topic of wanderers or psychic sensitive people and why children are also particularly targeted. Um, mental institutions, schizophrenia and, 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 and how this relates to entity possession, actually. And um, some of my, my, of our own personal experiences And also now looking at the, you know, the truth movement, which I think we've touched upon before, but you know, it also ties into this topic of trauma call forces in the matrix because a lot of people fight the matrix or from a wounded uh, trauma response, right? Projecting and kind of actually ironically giving the matrix more power by, uh, by under the impression of fighting it or transcending it. Mm -hmm. So we'll go more all into that in the second hour. Um, again, the second hour uh, is available for the, all the members uh, and also it gives you access to the membership forum where we have great discussions on there about all these topics. You can sign up if you're not already at veilofreality.com and 
Yeah. And again, if you're interested in our retreat time of transition, check that out as well. And Laura's course is also, when is it starting? August 20th. August 20th. Yeah. And we have limited spaces as well and it is filling up quite quickly. So yeah. if anyone is interested in that, you can just go to my website at lauramatsu.com. Okay. Excellent. So see you guys in the second hour. Bye.